Hello everyone, I'm Jerry Savelle. Welcome to our broadcast today. Thank you for joining with me. And those of you that are regular viewers, we appreciate so very much you watching our broadcast. Those of you that are partners with our ministry, thank you so much for believing in us. Thank you for supporting us. And thanking you right now again for helping us to reach the people, the masses actually, all over the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you, partners. We love you, we appreciate you, and we're praying for you. Don't ever forget that. Today, we're going to continue our study on making the decision not to quit. This is a message that I taught in the Southwest Believers Convention right here in Fort Worth, Texas, a short time ago, sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I've had the privilege of preaching in every Believers Convention that Brother Copeland has ever done. And what a joy it was this year to be one of the speakers and to share the Word of God with people. And I'm telling you, God did some amazing things. So I want to encourage you to sit back and just relax and get ready to enjoy an inspiring message of faith. Now, let me read something to you from Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 17. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. But let me read it to you from the Amplified. Triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Notice, triumph over opposition. That's your heritage. If you're a believer, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, then you do not have to quit. No matter how impossible your situation may seem, God is on your side and He's already promised that triumph over opposition belongs to you. It's part of your heritage. So don't quit. Don't give up. Stand your ground. Stand on the Word of God. Expect the Holy Spirit to come to your aid and believe God to overcome and to break through just like He promised that He would do for you. So watch now and be encouraged by this faith-building message. All right, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Let's begin reading in verse 13. I've been talking about all week. Quitting is unacceptable. Quitting is not an option, praise God. If you want God's best, don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Notice the phrase, I press forward. The word press denotes persistence. It means determination, tenacity, unwilling to give up, unwilling to quit. And notice Paul says, I press. He pressed for certain things that he believed God wanted him to be, God wanted him to have, and God wanted him to do. I, I hear him saying it this way. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up until I have achieved all that God wants me to be, all that God wants me to do, and all that God wants me to have. So for Paul, quitting was unacceptable. He goes on to say in verse 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect, the Amplified says, who are spiritually mature, be thus minded. So in other words, Paul is saying, 
uh, be like me. Have the same mindset that I have. Press. If you want God's best, press for it. Don't give up so quickly. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up so quickly. You know, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced if I had given up every opportunity I had to give up, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have what I have today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So I've had to press for it. And um, I, I learned that from the Apostle Paul, that to press means to just have a, as we say in Texas, a bulldog, bulldog tenacity. Amen. A bulldog tenacity. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, quitting is not acceptable. So when he says, as many as be spiritually mature, be thus minded, he's saying, have this same attitude. Have this same attitude. And what was that attitude? Quitting is unacceptable. So all you have to do is study the life of the apostle Paul. And you quickly realize that this man refused to quit. If anybody ever had the right to quit, it would have been him, but he wouldn't do it. And uh, I'm so glad he did, didn't. And when I get to heaven, I plan on telling him I preached all your sermons. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I live by them too. Most people, if they were faced with all the adversity that he had been faced with, would have quit long before. Just listen to a partial list of some of the things he went through. There's not all of it, just a partial list. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwrecks, a night and a day in the deep. I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the sea, in perils by false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold, nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. That's just a partial list. Come on. Amen. And most people would have quit on a headache. <laughs> Amen. Come on. And then in the next chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, he says, and lest I should be exalted above measure, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. The word buffet means to strike against continually and forcefully. So notice everywhere he went, this messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him. And in spite of all of these attacks and all the adversity, he simply would not quit. God told him in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, my grace is sufficient for thee. And he lived by that. His grace was sufficient. The word sufficient means adequate to overcome any adversity, any challenge that you might face. So he depended upon that and he wouldn't quit. That's the reason why later in that same chapter, he says this, most gladly, therefore, 
will I rather glory in my infirmities or my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, he says, I've learned how to tap into this. And I have come to the place in my life where it doesn't move me because I know when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Hallelujah. How are you going to deal with a guy like that? Don't you know the devil hated to see this man wake up every morning? Don't you know the demon screamed, he's awake, he's awake again. Let me remind you that Paul also tells us that the Holy Spirit had warned him in advance that every city he preached in, trouble awaited him there. And he went anyway. Every city. Acts chapter 20, verse 23 through 24. He says that the Holy Ghost has witnessed in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me or await me. But then he says in the next verse, verse 24, but none of these things move me. Bonds and afflictions await me, but these do not move me. You know, if the Holy Spirit said to some preacher as he was preparing to go preach in Dallas, uh, when you get to Dallas, there'll be a lot of trouble awaiting you there. Don't you know a lot of preachers would have changed their schedule and went to Birmingham? <laughs> but then the, the Holy Spirit says, oh, by the way, uh, trouble awaits you in Birmingham as well. Uh, I believe I'll just go on vacation. <laughs> now, Paul, Come on. every city he went to, he knew in advance that trouble awaited him. But he says, none of these things move me. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing moves me. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, nothing moves me. He went on to say, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Notice he says, I fully intend to finish my course and I intend to do so with joy. How does someone have joy when they know in advance that trouble awaits them everywhere they go. You know, I've had a lot of meetings where trouble awaited me, but not every meeting. Some cities trouble awaited me, but not every city, but every city he preached in, he already knew in advance trouble is coming, but he said, none of these things move me. And then he said, and I fully intend to finish my course and to do so with joy. What does he know that most Christians don't know? In fact, the letter to the Philippian church, most theologians agree that it was the happiest letter that he ever wrote. They call it the joy letter. And he's in prison facing death in the worst of circumstances. And yet he writes about being full of joy, full of joy. And he also says, None of these things move me, and I know that this will turn. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you like to receive more letters like that from preachers? I don't like receiving letters from preachers that are constantly talking about all the problems, and we're not going to make it if you don't give. And all the preachers on TV that are begging for money and then have the audacity to say, have faith. <laughs> well, why don't you get some? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. My Bible says, faith overcometh the world. Hallelujah. Yeah. And he say, Amen. Amen. 
Oh, you'd never receive a letter like that from the Apostle Paul. All he talked about was, none of this moves me. I'm going to finish my course. I plan to do so with joy. Amen. Not only that, throw your, fire your best shot, devil, because I know this will turn. Hallelujah. Right. He, he wrote in the letter to the Philippian church, I'm betwixt two. I don't know whether to leave, which would be far better. To be with Christ would be far better. Or to stay. He had a dilemma. And notice he acted as though it was his choice and not the Roman government. He acted like they didn't have any part to play in this. He said, I'm betwixt two. I'm not sure whether I want to go on and leave and be with Christ, which would be far better. I've fulfilled my ultimate goal to be with him. Or should I stay? And he answered his own dilemma in the next verse. And he says, I, I am going to stay because I want to teach you the joy of believing. Hallelujah. He counted it an honor to trust God. He counted it an honor and a joy to stand in faith. I think the man liked a good fight. You ever see anybody just love to fight? <laughs> Apparently, Paul liked to fight. How, how would you like to be the devil and you're firing your best shots at somebody? I mean, you're pulling out the heavy artillery. And then he writes his next letter and says, these light afflictions. Yeah, Calls them light afflictions. Wouldn't that be intimidating? If you're the devil and you've just fired your best shots and Paul says, light afflictions. Is that the best you can do? Huh? What a man. Quit was not in his vocabulary. Amen. Amen. He would not quit. I, I like the story about when they, uh, uh, they drug him out the city. Uh, he was preaching in a particular city. It's recorded in Acts chapter 14. He was preaching in a city, and they drug him out of the city, out onto a dusty road, and stoned him and left him for dead. Now, you know these people, they, they knew how to throw rocks. In Texas, we called it chunking rocks. They were the best rock chunkers in that region. And if they stone you, they leave you dead. Can you imagine him laying on that dusty road and the disciples are standing around and wondering, what do we do now? Our leader is dead. Where do we go from here? And they're looking at him, bruised, bloody, uh, supposing that he's dead, and he gets up. What do you suppose he must have looked like? You ever seen anybody has been stoned? You don't watch movies? <laughs> I can't even imagine how beat up he must have looked after being stoned. And yet he gets up. The Bible says, how be it? As the disciples stood round about him, he rose up. Not only did he rise up, he looked around at him and said, let's go right back into the city and continue preaching. Went right back to the same city where they stoned him. Why? Because defeat is not acceptable. Quitting is not acceptable. Can you give the Lord a shout? Praise God. Amen. Why would he go back there? Simply because quitting was unacceptable. 
Paul believed what the prophet Isaiah had written years before. Isaiah 54, 17, the Amplified Bible says, Triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Apparently, he must have believed Micah 7, 8, too. When I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. He just wouldn't quit. I love this guy. He just wouldn't quit. Now, I want to say this to you. The greatest breakthroughs come when people demonstrate a bold, unwavering, and persistent faith. The greatest breakthroughs come when you're willing to demonstrate a bold, unwavering, and persistent faith. Winners are people who do not quit. I didn't say winners never have opportunities to quit. I just said they don't quit. Winners don't quit. They keep on keeping on until they receive what they believe God wants them to have. Amen. Go to Mark chapter 10 with me for a moment. Mark chapter 10. And you're all familiar with this story in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good confident, or comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now, I just said the greatest breakthroughs come when people demonstrate a bold, unwavering, and persistent faith. Notice blind Bartimaeus. Every time I read this story, there are three things that immediately come up in my thinking. Number one, persistence. Number two, refusing to accept anything less than God's best. And then number three, the power of faith. Let me say them again. Persistence. Refusing to accept anything less than God's best. And then the power of faith. All three of these elements are in this story. A man who wouldn't quit until he received what he believed God wanted him to have. Once Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was near, he determined in his heart that his life would change that day. He would not be silenced, even though those around him tried to shut him up. And some of those who were trying to shut him up were Jesus' disciples. Sometimes you can't even find faith in church. Sometimes you can't even find faith among Christians. Thank you for your enthusiasm over these great remarks. Praise God. 
Amen. He would not be silenced, even though those around him tried to shut him up. How many times have you ever been told, you're foolish for continuing to believe that faith stuff? I was told that. Well, like Barnabas, I wouldn't let him shut me up. You know, I had some good ones try to shut me up. But I determined I was going to live by faith. I saw in the Bible, the just shall live by faith. And this is the victory to overcome the world. You know, you get hungry for victory, you'll start doing what the Bible says. <laughs> Can you say amen? amen? Now notice they tried to shut him up, but nothing was going to prevent him from receiving what he believed God wanted him to have. Are you that way today? Nothing is going to prevent you from receiving what God says you can have. That's persistent faith. And once again, the greatest breakthroughs come when people demonstrate a bold, unwavering, and persistent faith. And notice what Jesus said when, he, when, when Bartimaeus kept crying out, Master, son of David, have mercy on me. And finally, Jesus said, bring him to me. They brought him to him and he said, what would you like for me to do for you? And he said that I might see. Amen. What, notice what he went for, God's best. He didn't say, uh, could you help me uh, just make it uh, a little easier on me where I wouldn't have such a hard lifestyle? He didn't say that. He said, I want to see. He went for the, he went for the top. He went for the best. Hallelujah. He didn't say, oh, would you help me just learn to live with this a little better? Would you help me to just learn to be more tolerant? It's so frustrating. I'm a beggar. Uh, I can't see. But if you just, you know, give me a little mercy where I can learn to live with it a little better. You know, he went for the top. He went for the best that I might see because he knew if he got his sight, his begging days were over. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And so he said that I might receive my sight. That's the reason before he went to Jesus, when he was told he's asking for you, did you notice when he got up, he took that robe off, that beggar's robe off? Yeah, that's good. Faith calleth things that are not as though they were. He knew if he got to Jesus, he would receive his sight and his begging days were over. So he's not going to carry that old robe around anymore. Amen. He dropped it at his feet, went to Jesus. Not only did he receive his sight, he was made whole. Praise God. Notice what persistent, unwavering, bold faith produced. And I have reason to believe from the book of Hebrews, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe bold, unwavering, and persistent faith gets the same results today. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Are you facing a challenge in life? Do you need encouragement or help getting back on your feet? In the inspiring three-CD teaching, Master Life's Challenges Instead of Them Mastering You, Jerry Savelle does just that. As he discusses the reality of distractions and discouragement, you will be motivated to get back on your feet, have courage, fulfill your assignment, realize you're not alone, obey God, and more. 
you should be experiencing God's best in every area of your life. In the timely book, Going for the Gold, Jerry Savelle shares God's expectations for the church and his plan for you to experience his best. Going for the Gold is a journey of self-discovery where you will learn how to take inventory of your life, stay focused, develop discipline, and so much more. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request the powerful combo, Master Life's Challenges Instead of Them Mastering You and Going for the Gold. Don't settle for second best. Make the decision to start experiencing God's best in your life today. God is doing some great things, and God wants to do the same thing for you. Don't listen to anybody that tells you that God's against you, God's not on your side. Listen, God is for you. The reason that I know is because He was willing to send His Son, Heaven's best, to die in your place and to enable you to receive Him as the Lord of your life, and from that moment, you are entitled to live a life of victory. Praise God. So your testimony's next. I believe it. Praise God. So get ready for it. Here's a couple more testimonies that have come in uh, through the mail. And uh, one of them is from Richard. And he says that his daughter has had a major change in her life. And she's decided to live for the Lord and to be faithful to Him. And she's expecting God's best. She sowed a seed. And she believed God for a job at a fitness center. And he says, Praise God, she just received the job managing that fitness center. So you see, God is in the business of answering prayer. All you need to do is just make up your mind. You're going to give Him first place in your life. Give His Word first place in your life. And I'm telling you, testimonies are just around the corner. Here's a testimony from John. He said, I work for a university uh, on a research ship. I made enough money to just pay my bills, and that was about all. I got home one day and my landlord started charging me extra money and my, uh, it caused me to uh, not be able to pay my rent on time. And uh, he said I could only make partial payments. But in just a few days, uh, God answered my prayer. I got a surprise paycheck from the university, almost three times the expected amount. I was able to catch up on my rent and be able to pay some toward next month as well. Praise God. Listen, that's a powerful testimony. And I want you to know that we don't take your testimonies lightly. We rejoice with you. And I believe this, if God's come through you once, uh, come through for you once, He'll do it again and again and again. Don't forget our special products this week, Going for the Gold, my little book, teaching you how to go for God's best. And then three CDs, Master Life's Challenges, 
Don't let them master you. These are available to you right now. Place your order, and we'll get them to you just as soon as we can. Join me again next week as we continue talking about making the decision not to quit. I'll see you then, and until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.